Hello, Career Cohort. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Wong, founder of Words of Distinction. We talk about tools for achieving career success, inspirational stories about overcoming career and life challenges, and how we can recalibrate our perspective to better enjoy the journey forward. The reason for the episode today is to encourage you to write in a way that allows the reader to scan your resume as quickly as possible without getting hung up on bulky words or unclear phrases. Remember, recruiters are busy, often with hundreds of other resumes to get through, and that's just for the role that you're applying for. I'm not even talking about the other positions they've been asked to fill. So do everything possible to cut the fluff and ensure your resume is easy to read. You may be in a tight race with a couple of other candidates, but if you can win the reader over because you wrote clearly and concisely, how great would that be? It may not even be conscious on their part. The decision may come down to who created the easier resume to read with clear achievements. I have six ideas for you to tighten up your resume. I'm trying to make this as short as possible so you can absorb the information quickly and go take action. So here goes. Number one, omit overused adverbs, intensifiers, and words that don't add meaning. You know them. They're those little words that creep up into our writing when they aren't needed. Let's be clear. Not all adverbs and adjectives are bad. If you consistently increase sales year over year, then you can say so. It's also fine to call your team high performing. And if you're a nationally recognized industry leader, go ahead and say so. But do you need to say that you successfully drove sales? Why not just say increased sales by X percent? We may have learned from our lit classes that more is better. But that's not necessarily the case, especially when it comes to resumes. Do we really need to say that we're results driven? This is a very common adjective that comes up in my resumes, the resumes that I see and review. All candidates should be results driven. So you don't want to state the obvious in your resume. You want to go above and beyond. Now, if you want to start with a powerful term, what about replacing results driven with something like record setting or award winning? If you do say that, though, just be sure you can back it up somewhere else in the resume. Number two, dump unnecessary details. Now, this is a hard one. I know we're proud of our accomplishments, even when they're no longer relevant, but If they're not serving our purpose of landing a specific type of job, set them aside. We need to let go of certain details and sometimes even entire sections of our writing if we don't fit the story or if they don't fit the story we're trying to tell. This couldn't apply more to resume writing. I know what you might be thinking. If I take it out, I might lose track of it and then it's gone forever. I worry about the same things when I'm writing a blog or even when I'm writing content for this episode post. I 
know that if I can put that information into a Google Doc that's titled so that I can find that document later, I can really rest assured that it's okay. I can take it out for now. If I have to put it in back later, that's fine too. But usually it's not the case. It's usually information that I'm taking out just doesn't fit my story. So just rest assured if you have a document or if you have a place where you can store that information, you're going to be fine. Number three, cut common phrases. There are four words and phrases that I come across very frequently in resumes that can really be tightened up. And I think they come up because we've been using them for generations. And I'll, I'll explain why with my example. So here's the first word I'm talking about, and it's the word of. So as an example, you say led remote teams of engineers. We tend to do that in our writing and, I, and I'm not sure why, but it could you could just say led remote engineering teams. So I'll say it again. Instead of led remote teams of engineers, try led remote engineering teams. Or instead of oversaw restructure of three organizations, try oversaw three restructures. You see that's that sentence is about half of what it was originally. Another one is in order to. Uh, we commonly say that, especially in business writing. So here's an example. Restructured benefits package in order to attract top talent. Instead, we could say restructured benefit package to attract top talent. Right? We changed in order to to simply say to. And here's an easy exercise to eliminate that or see if it's in your resume is do a search for in order to and then just replace it with the word to. Uh, another one is related to. So instead of saying resolved issues related to distribution, what if you say resolved distribution issues? See how simple that is? Related to is another phrase that we use commonly. And let's talk about responsible for. I don't recommend using responsible for at all in your resume. There's no need to include it. It sounds very job description-y and it's scope related. So if you don't remember what the difference between scope and achievement is, you can refer to my episode two from se this season, it's season seven. If you go back and, and listen to that, scope is more of the, the section, maybe a, a paragraph, a short paragraph right below your title that gives an idea of your responsibilities. But you don't have to use responsibility at all or responsible for at all in that section. But definitely don't use it in the bullets. And here's an example of where you can actually change the tone of a sentence from sounding like it's scope to an actual achievement. So here's an example. Responsible for annual industry event that drew 100,000 attendees. Yeah, that's okay, right? But if you say orchestrated annual industry event that drew 100,000 attendees, you see how much more powerful that becomes because you orchestrated it, you conducted it, you drove that through. Uh, it's a much more powerful bullet. 
Okay, so number four is use abbreviations. You can do that whenever possible. You can use that to replace millions, thousands, billions. You can use the letter instead. You can use the plus sign to say to mean more than, then you don't have to spell that out. You can use the greater than sign. Another secret is that I'm with you. I know that we all grew up learning that digits from one to nine had to be spelled out. But I'm here to tell you that, again, we want the reader to be able to speed through our resumes. And if we can shorten the time that it takes to read something or just make it easier, the better. So go ahead and use the numeral for one to nine. I give you permission and I can tell you that most resume writers out there will say the same thing. Uh, it just tightens things up. It could be the difference between a one-line bullet and a two-line bullet because if you're using these abbreviations that are understood as abbreviations, uh, you're gonna, you may find that you don't have to wrap a line where you normally would have if you had not used abbreviations. And we know how valuable that real, real estate is, don't we? So number five is use acronyms. Use acronyms carefully. And I say carefully here because they're tricky. To speed up reading and remove speed bumps for your reader, you'll want to use acronyms that make sense. For example... On the one hand, acronyms like EBITDA or IOT or SAS and, and CPG are easily understood within the career field and even beyond that in a lot of cases because they're becoming so popular to use. And that's okay. You can use those acronyms. But be careful about using acronyms that may be unfamiliar to the reader. When in doubt, the first time you use that acronym, spell it out as well. Then you can use the acronym in other parts of the resume as well. And you don't have to spell it out, just that first time. I recently worked with a client who was in finance. So standard finance related acronyms without spelling them out worked, right? But then I came across an acronym that was really specific to a certain technology field. And to me, it felt that okay, this is not going to be understood by a reader who's very focused on finance. So I ended up spelling that out. Just remember, just always think in terms of who is the reader? What are they going to have to go looking for if I don't make things clear? What are they going to have to go look up? Uh, and then the last thing that you don't want to do is use acronyms that are specific to your company, right? And I've been in that situation where I was so embedded in a company that I was used to acronyms that we used, only our company used. And you get used to it and you, you think, oh, everybody knows these acronyms. But the fact is that they don't. And you may be tempted to use acronyms within your resume that are specific to your company. Really try to avoid that. I work with one particular company, a lot of employees there. And I noticed that that company uses a lot of company-specific terms. And so we always have to go through and make sure we're not using those acronyms inappropriately for another company. Now, sometimes they're using that resume within their company. And so I always ask them for clarification, is this for 
a role within your company or is it for a role that's outside of your company? Because then it's very different because you do want to use the language of the reader, right? So if your company uses a lot of acronyms and everybody across the company knows those acronyms, by all means use them because you want to use that insider language to show that you're, you know, you're still fitting in with that company, right? And then the last, the last thing that you want to do is skip articles. That's number six on my list. Just as you admit pronouns or resumes, it's standard to omit articles. And those are the words a uh, or an and the. That's it. You just can remove those words. Readers are familiar enough with resumes to know that most people don't use the articles. Now, there might be some cases where you're writing something and you think, oh, this, it just sounds awkward without the article. And that's okay. Put it in. And don't feel like you have to go through the entire resume and then add in all of those articles. It's not necessary. But I, I'm with you there. I've felt sometimes where oh, this actually needs an article and I put it in. It's totally fine. So there you go. That's it. You know, I recommend that you maybe print out your resume, come with your highlighter and, and look for these words that you can change. Uh, you can do a search through your document to find certain words and replace them with something else. But it's a great exercise. It won't take you very long to just do this review. But the most important thing is to consider your audience. And your audience likely has a lot of other resumes to get through. And anytime you can cut words or shorten sentences is a chance to gain favor from a busy reader. I guarantee it. All the best to you. I'm cheering you on. Let me know if you have any questions or if you'd like to connect for a 15-minute call. You can reach me at emily at wordsofdistinction.net and that's all in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Cohort. I'm Emily Wong. You can find all my podcasts and blog posts at wordsofdistinction.net. And if you'd like to chat about how I can help you define the next step in your career and achieve your goals, head on over to the same website and book a time on my calendar for a free consult. In the meantime, please be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great content. Thank you.